Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Well, I want to re- you know, share a word with you tonight, um, and I've entitled it, Receiving Jesus, Shine the Light. Receiving Jesus, we're going to be reading in John 1, 1 through 18. If you'd stand with me for the reading of the Word, Hallelujah. John 1, 1 through 18, shine the light. It's the reason for the season is Jesus, right? So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created, created through him. And apart from him, not one, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Say Jesus. Jesus. He is the light of the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent, nor the or the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. The word came, became flesh, and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him and exclaimed, This was the one of whom I said, The one coming after me ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. Indeed, we all have received grace upon grace from his fullness, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, and not the only... The one and only son of only son who is himself God and is at the Father's side, he has revealed him. Father, thank you for your word. Speak to us tonight. I pray that, Lord, you would anoint me, Lord, to speak what you want to say and that it would find a place in people's hearts. And I declare tonight, light will enter into those dark places and will break through and will have, have victory in your life and setting free in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So we're going to go through this passage a little bit. Um, I'm going to be doing some uh, expository preaching, and at the end, you know, we'll bring it together. So we all love Christmas, amen? amen. Christmas is an awesome time, um, but it isn't about trees. It's not about you know the the, the amazing things, which which is okay, right? There's nothing wrong with trees, and I love you know that we redeem the tree. It is a sign of resurrection. Amen. It's a sign of not only resurrection, but redemption and glorifying of the body where you take that tree and then you make it beautiful and it's standing up again. Hallelujah. But Christmas isn't about, you know, that one device, that, you know, perfect shirt that you're going to get or that TV or whatever it is, that one gift that we covet all year. Amen. Come on, say, don't covet. Don't covet. That's in the Bible. So Jesus, you know, most likely wasn't born on the 25th. Of December either, but it's the date that we celebrate him. Amen. It's the date that we, um, the greatest gift, we celebrate the greatest gift given to humanity. And um, the Magi, most likely, weren't there when the shepherds were there to worship Jesus. Amen. So if you want to have an accurate nativity scene, take the Magi and just put them about seven, eight months, a few, you know, <laughs> just put them. No, just kidding. Don't do that. Um, Christmas is the celebrating of the light of the world. Come on, I'm, you know, you can laugh. It's okay. You can't have fun in church, right? The mortuary is down the street. Hallelujah. Well, never mind. Well, Christmas is the celebrating of the light that has come into the world. Hallelujah. The light or the life of God, the hope. When we had no hope, now we have hope. We have a future because the light has come. And the light is Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. 
And because Jesus came as a man, he redeemed us from sin and hell and gave us power to overcome evil that comes our way. 1 John 3.8 says, The one who commits sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the devil's works. So when Jesus came, he came revealing the glory of God, bringing light into the world to destroy the works of the devil. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. There is no change of God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Right? There's a lady that, um, you know, she wanted to have uh, children, and she was praying, like, but she did not want to change diapers. And she prayed and said, God, will you please, you know, when I have babies, change their diapers? And God said, there's scripture for that. I am the Lord. I change not. God doesn't change. There's no shifting shadows. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4, 17 through 21. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. In the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Don't be greedy. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. So separation from God actually means that you are in darkness. Right? That's why we see all kinds of evil in the world today when people reject God. Right? Because a foolish man rejects God. And when you are outside of God, when you say, you know, I don't want God to you know, have any part in your life. I don't believe in God or whatever. You know, darkness is the place where you fall into. And we don't want that. Jesus came. He is the light of the world. He came to bring life to our lives and his life and his power and his resurrection strength for us. So let's celebrate Christmas. Amen. Get gifts, give gifts, eat cookies, visit and enjoy family. But do not overlook that celebrating the true Christmas, the true giving of the greatest gift of the Lord, which is Jesus Christ himself, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, or he gave of himself. Hallelujah. So taking a look at our scriptures that we read in John, he begins by talking about where Jesus had come from. And it's amazing that John was actually older than Jesus. They were second cousins, right? And he's saying that, you know, he is before I am. He's the one that I was telling you about that is going to come and take away the sins of the world, right? And Jesus wasn't the normal kid on the block, right? Because his father, you know, Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and Jesus was, you know, uh, conceived, He is the word of God. He was with God in the beginning, and he is God. Now, that word there was, in the Greek, is is Amy, which means to be, right? So he is the word of God. He was with God, and he is God, amen? And everything that has been created was created by him and through him. The world, um, the world is it, and surely you are not, we are not as human beings, a mixture of matter plus chance plus time. That is not who we are, right? We're created in the image and likeness of God. Every single one of us, we are created by God. Hallelujah. Evolution is a lie. It's a farce. It didn't happen. It's a theory, right? Unlike the flat earth theory, which has been disproved, Evolution has never been proved. That's why it's a theory and not a law. Right? Actually, the reason for evolution, its purpose is to dehumanize humanity. Right? When you say, you know, when you say, no, that's not a baby. It's just a cluster of cells. You know, where does life, when is life conceived? Right? Life, or when does life begin? At the heartbeat? No. Life never ended. From the time that God breathed into Adam, which wasn't breath, which wasn't air, it was spirit. 
When, because, you know, God is spirit, right? Not the physical realm. So when God blew into Adam's nostrils, it wasn't air. It was his spirit. He imparted life. He imparted of himself to Adam. And Adam became a living being. So when, when a man and a woman get together, and there's never an end of life. Because a life, male cell, and a life, egg, get together and life continues so life is imparted from mom and dad to that one child. It is never ended. So life begins at conception. It doesn't begin. It's imparted. So evolution is really dehumanization of humanity because people, you know, the devil wants you to believe that you are a cluster of cells. Right? And here, listen, if any of you have ever had an abortion or anything like that, there's forgiveness. Don't worry about it. Right? Repent. Don't do it again. Amen. There are other ways that we can do it. There's, I'm not, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is not why we talked about those things. It's not that we hate people. We don't hate people. Right? Our enemy is not people. Our enemy is the devil. Hallelujah. So Jesus is life. What are we talking about? We're talking about that Jesus, the light of the world, the life who is the light, came into the world. And Jesus is life. And that light is the, life of, the, light, the light, light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and yet darkness did not overcome it. So let's talk about life, light, and darkness. What is life? Life, according to the scriptures, as we, as we read it, that Jesus is life, is fullness of light. It is Zoe, right? It's not the cultural description of life. Life happens, you hear a lot, is another way in the culture of saying another four-letter word happens. And how many of you know that that is incongruent? Because life, by definition, is life. Dead, you know, it's putrid, it's going to decay. But life, there is life. It has fullness, it has vitality. Come on, say vitality with me. So it is, you no, know, the life, it is not the cultural definition of life where, you know, your car break down. Man, life happened. No, I don't, I don't believe that. Right? If the car broke down, the car broke down, you know, did you maintain it? Hallelujah. Anyway, so the life of God is not anything that can go wrong, will go wrong. The life of God is rejuvenation. It is vitality. It is strength. It is power. It is joy. Hallelujah. So the life of God, Zoe, right, is, is a good thing. It is not cultural life. The life of God, brokenness is respared. It is wholeness of relationships. Things are put back into order. As the, thong, song, as, as the song goes, when I thought I lost me, you put me back together. You reintroduced me to your love. That is a picture of receiving Jesus, of being reintroduced to the love of the Father that created us in his image and likeness. And you are so amazing. You are so valuable. You are so precious to God that he would leave heaven to come down and rescue us again. Hallelujah. When I was in a bunch of pieces, you put me back together. You are the defender of my heart. What a beautiful song, right? That is the life of God. That is Jesus. Hallelujah. Light speaks of salvation, knowledge, or revelation, wisdom, life, healing, in, and God's presence. Light is being in the presence of God. Like right now, like all oh, these lights, it's amazing. Hallelujah. I can see very well. 1 John 5, 1, 5 through 7 says, this is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. Say, God is light. You guys are awesome. I love like, you know, geez, what a beautiful chorus. God is light and there is no, absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and not practicing the truth. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The life of God, the blessing of God, the light of God in our lives will continually cleanse us. The blood of Jesus, right, cleanses us from all sin when we walk in the light. And darkness there is opposition to God, right? Anything associated with darkness is evil. Don't associate yourself with darkness, right? Invite Jesus into your life and kick darkness out. 
There is no such thing as good demons, you know, good vampires. No, there's no such thing, right? There's no such thing as good devils that are for you and not against you. That is a lie from hell. You know, the devil ain't going to help you. He's no, he's going to burn and he's going to try to get you to go with him. Don't watch horror movies. You're inviting demons into your home. Be careful with the streaming series that portray demons working with angels for the greater good. That doesn't happen. That is deception in your living room. Right? That is deception. Don't allow those things. Like, well, but I know better. It's just, you know, I'm interested in those things. And um, <laughs> that may be true if you're not already deceived, but you are programming your children to be God-haters. Everything happens. Amen, Pastor. Praise the Lord. Right? Everything that we do, our children get to enjoy. So get darkness out of your life. There is no, in God, there is no darkness. Amen? So John, you know, was Jesus' second cousin, like we said earlier. And he started his ministry before Jesus and preached repentance and baptized people for the forgiveness of sin. The interesting thing is that John the Baptist, whom the apostle John is talking about in John that we read, um, there are a lot of Johns in scripture, just like in this church, hallelujah. It's a miracle child similar to Jesus. John the Baptist was a miracle child. His parents were older, right? They were older. They were conceived in an old age. And he was wit the witness to testify about the light so that all would believe through him. What, a, what an amazing um, call to have. And we all share in that. Did you know that? As believers, we all share in that calling of sharing the light of God, of testifying about Jesus. But he had to go, you know, to the wilderness by the Spirit of God, John the Baptist. Otherwise, he would have been trained by the same guys who falsely accused, tried, and killed Jesus. To be crucified. That's actually the Easter message, but this is just a preview. Right? It's a twofer. Two for Christmas, <laughs> to Christer message. <laughs> you know, it's um, it's amazing because you see this guy, and you know everybody's saying, "Wow, what is what are all these signs about G about John?" You know, he's gonna be amazing. Like Zechariah is a priest; they didn't have children. It's a miracle child, kind of like Isaac. Could it be? And God is like takes him to the wilderness, and he comes back. He's got like you know. You know, repent, you brood of vipers. And he's got like, you know, uh, honey and uh, cricket legs hanging off his beard. And he's got like camel hair. And it's like, like, man, this guy's got so much going for him in his pedigree, but we don't like the way he acts. So he must not be important. Right? So they kind of, you know, and then come Jesus. Hallelujah. He came to pave the way from Jesus. He came to set a foundation for Jesus' ministry, where when Jesus showed up, he says, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I have, I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. This is the one I've been telling you all about. Man, what an amazing ministry. Luke 3, 3 to 6 says, He went into all the vicinity of the Jordan, proclaiming baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. Say repentance. You can't receive Jesus and keep junk. You got to repent of sin in order to receive the Lord. Amen? And as it was written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley will be filled. Every mountain will be made low. The crooked will become straight and the rough way smooth. And everyone will see the salvation of God. Jesus, or John, was to lay the foundation for Jesus' ministry to begin. It was the way that we receive God's free gift of salvation is by repenting of sin and calling on the name of Jesus. Mark 16, 15 through 18, then he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes. And they should, if they should drink anything deadly, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. That's why we pray for people. That's why we lay hands on people because we believe firmly that Jesus, that you can be healed by the power of God that is at work in us. Amen. The light, the life of God that comes into man, then you become a lamp into the world. You become a light 
unto the world, hallelujah, as you receive the Lord. Repentance is when you acknowledge that you are a sinner and you make the decision to turn away from sin. But you may say, I'm a good person. Yes, but Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. Immoral people, moral. As a matter of fact, morality is relevant to your morals. Morality is relevant to your morals. So if you, you know, or to your belief system, if you believe a certain way, anyone who believes different than you is immoral, right? And vice versa. But that's not why Jesus came. He, made, he came to, re, to reconcile man unto God, to give life and to give light unto mankind. Because outside of God, you are in darkness and there is no other option. There is no in-between. There is no purgatory. Hallelujah. Jesus came to save, redeem, already condemned human beings. Well, what if I just know? You know, um, you got to choose the Lord. You have to decide to serve God. You have to decide to call upon the name of the Lord. You got to choose whom you're going to serve because you're going to serve somebody. There's a song about it, right? It's not, just enough, it's not enough to just have positive thoughts and philosophies about Jesus and Christianity. You must be born again. Receiving Jesus is not just speech, but it is to make him part of your whole being. When you receive Jesus, it is not just to talk Christianese. That's what we call when you speak church language, Christianese. You know, you can say all the right words and all the things and still not have Jesus. You got to make him part of your life. Matthew 26, 26, as they were eating, says, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and he gave it to the disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body. And the same thing with the, with the juice or the wine. Take and drink. This is my blood that is shed for you. That word take is the same word for receiving. When you eat food, when you ingest something, it goes in your mouth, it gets into your stomach, then it's worked on it, you know, juices come in, and it gets break down into the essential, the essence of what you ate. And it becomes fuel, right? And it becomes part of your body. Hallelujah. It becomes part of who you are. Rice and beans and steak and cookies and sausage. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And we must, the way we receive Jesus is in the same way. That's what uh, communion is a picture of. That's what communion is a picture of, receiving Jesus. It is not just, you know, talking about Jesus where he becomes a part of who you are. He becomes a part of how you look. He becomes a part of what's in your eyes. You look at somebody and they have light in their eyes. You can see it. If they have darkness in their eyes, you can see it too. And I remember we, you know, because we are a church, we are a personal church. That means that we witness. That means that we go out on the streets and we tell people, hey, has anybody ever told you that God loves you? And that he sent his son to die on the cross for you? Like, uh, yeah. All right. And then we just go through the script. How many of you guys know the script? Amen. And I remember um, we went out to Eagle River. We are at the park. And we went and we talked to this lady. And when we were talking to her, you know, she had her dog with her at the park. And her eyes were like down. And they were gray. There was just like this gray thing over her. And it was a sad, sad story. I lost this. I lost that. You know, family brokenness and all these things. You know, and we're two by twos. And we're talking to this lady. I'm like, did anyone ever tell you that Jesus loves you and he died for you? Like, well, yeah. And then, you know, we talked more, prayed, and, you know, and um, she rededicated her life to the Lord. And the most amazing thing happened. You know, we prayed for this lady. It was me and, and another brother. We prayed for her. And it's like, after she prayed, it was like she, you know, she was down and, and dark and her eyes were, you know, droopy. And it's like life entered into her. And you're looking at, you know, I'm, and you're seeing a transformation right before you. Of somebody, I'm like, well, she, had, she has blue eyes. We didn't know she had blue eyes. They were gray before. It is amazing how you, when you take in Jesus, when you accept him, you know, the joy of the Lord makes the face beautiful. Hallelujah. There is no such thing as an ugly human being. Ladies, gentlemen, you are not ugly, no matter what your mama said. 
<laughs> or didn't say, right? Usually you're, everybody's mom tell them, you're beautiful, son. Hallelujah. And all the moms said? Good moms. So receiving Jesus is making him part of your life, part of your being, part of who you are. It's not just talking about Jesus and celebrating his proverbial birthday by giving yourself gifts. Hallelujah. You like my new hanky? I gave it to myself. Praise Jesus. But ingesting Jesus and allowing him to overtake you, allowing him to be part of who you are, to transform the way you think, to transform the way you act, to transform the way you move, that is receiving Jesus. That is the light of God that will come into you, and you're going to become like a lighthouse in the world, down to the molecular level of your being, down in your spirit. Romans 8, 11 says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you to life to your mortal body. Hallelujah. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal body is what another translation says. So when you go to the doctor and the doctor says, listen, you know, you got this and this and this and said, okay, that's what you say, but I am healed in Jesus' name. I am whole in Jesus' name. Don't accept what people tell you as God's truth. You take what the word of God says and that what is what you declare in your life. That is what you declare in your circumstances. You walk by faith and not by sight. No matter what is going on, you declare the life of God. You declare the light of God in your life and you will see it come about in Jesus name now recently I had a, an infection in my hand you know my hand swelled up like a balloon it was sad in my right hand and um <laughs> I was very sad about it and a lot of pain and um you know and I and I went to the ER after you know trying to get it you know when you're crying because your hand hurts it's very sad if you're a man <laughs> and I used to joke and I used to joke, like, you know, ladies, you know, when I got a cold, ladies don't know. You know, it's, you know, childbirth kind of compares to that. I don't joke like that anymore. Because when you're crying because your hand hurts, that's, like, really sad. Um, but it was a lot of pain, and, you know, it was really a bad infection. If it gets in your bloodstream, it can kill you. So, um, so I go to the doctor, you know, and they gave me their prognosis, and it's like, oh, that's terrible. And I'm like, I didn't even tell my wife. You know, I just like kind of folded the paper. I'm like, I'm not even going to talk about it. I am healed. You know, and, I, and, and it was a lot of pain, and they're giving me a narcotic. At first, they think you're there because you want narcotics. I'm like, dude, I never come to the doctor. Like right now, I'm in pain. Help me. And they're like, we don't give narcotics. I'm like, I don't want narcotics, but I want the pain to go away. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. Um, but anyway, praise Jesus. I made it through. But I remember, you know, I am not going to tell, I'm not going to talk about my, my prognosis. I'm not going to tell, you know, like, oh my God, they said that it, like it never goes away and then it's recurring. The devil is a liar in Jesus name. And, you know, and one of the nights I just, you know, I looked up Kenneth Hagin and uh, healing scriptures and it was three hours of healing scriptures, and I just put them on. You know, I'm like, oh, First Peter 2.24 says that we were healed. And if I was, then I am, I am healed, I am whole. From the top of my head to the soles of the tip of my toes. I memorized this song because I am not going to take a prognosis from a doctor. I am not going to take a lie of hell. The brokenness is going to continue in my life. I will declare scripture truth all the time of my life. And I continued singing. You know, and my kids were like, even look at me. Because, you know, that, was, that kind of sounds cool, you know. Top of my head to the tip of my soul, tip of the soles of my toes. Something like that. Because I would continually sing that, continually sing that, continually sing that. And if I was, then I am. I am healed. I am whole in Jesus' name. You know, in my hand, you know, I got strength back in my hand. Praise Jesus. I had some of the brothers squeeze my hand, and I'm like, oh! <laughs> there were some services. It was a really sad moment. <laughs> there were some quite sad moments, because it's like, dude, why are you screaming like a girl? I don't want to talk about it. I am healed. I am whole. <laughs> the top of my head to the soles of the tip of my toes. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead abides on the inside of you and will quicken your mortal body. 
So if you're going through sickness, if you're going through whatever you are, don't be like, no, no, I don't have no sickness. No, say, this is what they say, but I am healed. You know, when I go to the doctor and he says, you know, hey, you know, what's your past? What's your family history of diseases? You know, nope. Cancer, nope. Uh, heart disease, nope. Uh, high blood pressure, absolutely not. You know, it's like, nothing, I'm adopted. Because I'm adopted. My bloodline is the bloodline of Jesus Christ. And there is no sickness. There is no disease. There is nothing in my life. Really? Yep, absolutely. When I fill it out for for my kids? Nope, nope, nothing. Nope, adopted. Oh. (laughs) Let's not talk about it. Amen. So Jesus has come. We saw his glory. He's the only son of God, full of grace and truth. We have all received grace from his fullness of grace. We all receive grace from his fullness of grace. He was so full of grace that it spills over to us and we receive his grace. Now the grace of God is not overlooking your sin and unrighteousness. And you can look up the message that Pastor Daniel preached. Um, What is the series, Pastor? Well, that was the last series, but there's a series on grace a few months, like a year back, 2017 or so. Um, (laughs) So the grace of God is not overlooking sin and unrighteousness. I love our church. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's give Jesus a big clap hand. Hand clap. So grace is the definite, by definition, is a benefit received from a benefactor. 1 Peter 2, 24, right? He himself bore our sins in his body on a tree so that having died to sins, ah, we might live for righteousness by his wounds. We have been healed. Hallelujah. It's a great series on grace, but the grace of God is a benefit received from the part of a benefactor. Our sin was put on Jesus, our benefactor. Right? Your diseases, they were put on Jesus. He's your benefactor. Because of Jesus' good work, taking the punishment for our sins on himself, we benefit from it because now sin can be destroyed in our life. The power of sin, Romans 6, 4 through 7. Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. For we know that our old self has been crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless. The body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless. The body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless. So you, sin, has no power over you. Since a person who has died is freed from sin. When we are baptized, it is the physical picture of what has happened to us in the spirit. We are buried and brought to life again. Aren't you thankful it's water? Hallelujah. Imagine if it were like baptized in rock or ground. Anyway, you ever think about these things? I'm so grateful it's water. In, out. Hallelujah. When we are baptized, it is a physical picture. Since sin no longer rules in our lives, we can live free from sin. That is grace. It can only be attained because Jesus has paid the price for us. Jesus has gone before us and we no longer have to pay for our own sins. What a terrible thing if we all had to be crucified because of what we have done. But that is no longer our portion because when God looks at us unrighteous and we call on the name of the Lord, he looks at us and he looks at his son, says the price has been paid in full. Enter into my joy. Hallelujah. That is grace. The grace of God actually enables you to overcome sin. The grace of God enables you to live holy for the Lord. Not to just, oh, it happened. I'm sorry. 
you know, God, it won't happen again, and it just happened. No, the grace of God allows you to win. Now, when you are a big, first become a believer, you have to renew your mind, and you're going to stumble. We're going to have, you know, you're, you're going to get angry again. You know, that person is going to cut you off. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. Anybody been set free from, like, road rage? <laughs> Pastor Karen, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been set free. We've all been set free. <laughs> but I've been, you know, like when I was younger, man, man, I was like, I, I mean, I was born in Brazil, as Pastor shared. And in Brazil, man, you got it. Like in, in South America, like all, our roads are so amazing in the United States of America. It really is amazing. Outside of the U.S., you know, um, with the exception of some of the, you know, nicer countries or the more evolved countries, roads are great. People respect each other. Canada, it's like they're so nice to each other. Um, but um, like in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, you know, we had 33 million year, people uh, 25 years ago when we left. It's crazy. They actually have a, a lottery for for cars. They've, you know, they took the, uh, the license plates and, you know, on certain dates, you cannot drive your car because there's too many cars on the road. So you got to drive like a maniac. And that's, you know, that's what I remember. You know, my dad, my dad, you know, he's a, he's, he's a believer. Praise God. He's a believer. He's a great man of faith, you know, and he, um, uh, and you know, but he, he drove in Brazil, hallelujah. And he didn't swear, you know, he didn't swear. He didn't drink. He's, he's sanctified. You know, so your driver's like, smell your finger. <laughs> he doesn't curse at people, but, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, I know, it's so weird. But, you know, it's like you come up with other things, like, pa, 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 pa. <laughs> and, I, you know, you got to be aggressive when you drive. That's what I'm trying to get at. You drive aggressively. And I got that in me. Like, you got to drive aggressive, right? But God has set me free. Sin has no power over me, you know. <laughs> Looking back as a younger man, you know, you got some crazy driving stories, but God has set me free. And now even, you know, my wife is so proud of me because I let people pass now. It was like, why, you know, hallelujah. Sin no longer rules our lives. We're talking about the light of God that came into the world. And we are no longer bound by sin. But we have freedom in Jesus Christ because he's came. His light shone on the earth. And we have the life of God in us. So God is speaking to us. In order for darkness to be driven out of our lives. We're trying to land this thing. Jesus needs to be received in your life. Taken in. Made part of your whole being. If you can't laugh in church, you know. You need to come to this church, amen? Because we laugh in church. You must be born again. When you receive Jesus, that's how you're born again. Thank you, brother piano player. <laughs> Baptism in, wa in water is an outward sign of what happened. Hey, I jumped up. Jesus is life. His life is our light. How do you get this light in you? How do you get this crazy joy in you? Where it's, 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 it's the power of God. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's laughter. It's being able to look at your past and I've been set free. I'm no longer there. I've grown. I'm moving forward. And it's beautiful. How do you get that in you? You call on the name of the Lord. You call the name of the Lord. First and foremost, by believing in Jesus. And you continue walking in victory by keeping your eyes on Jesus. If you're, here, if you're here tonight and you're not a believer, you need to be born again. If you're here tonight and you're a believer and you're experiencing darkness, it's because you've taken your eyes off of Jesus and you need to put your eyes on Jesus. Matthew 6, 22 to 23 says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body is, will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? What does that mean about bad eye? Full of labors, annoyance, hardships, pressed and harassed by labors, bringing toils, annoyances, that's what bad eye means. 
you're filled with these things. That is not what God has for you. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God, of the throne of God. You overcome the labors of life, the annoyance, the hardships. By keeping your eyes on Jesus. Well, how do I do that? And he will give you your whole body light. He will give you joy that is not there. You see, you could have all the gifts in the world. You could have all the pleasantries in the world. And it will not give you joy. It will not give you peace. Ephesians 1, 18 and 19 says, I pray that the eye of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength? You put your eyes on Jesus. Well, how do I do that? First and foremost, you must believe and call upon his name. And then you keep your eyes on him by keeping your eyes on the word of God. You read the word of God. And you declare that over your life. That becomes the foundation of your life. Right? You, whatever, if the script, when scripture challenges you, you know, don't sin, don't do this, or whatever it is, that is saying. The power and the anointing and the grace of God is there so that you don't have to do those things. So don't worry about it. So you look to, the, to Jesus. He is, in the beginning, was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word of God is Jesus. The light of the world and the life is Jesus. So when you read scriptures, you are putting your eyes on Jesus. When you live it out, you're putting your eyes on Jesus. You're walking with Him. Salvation is a work of God. You can't do anything to attain salvation yourself. But if you don't receive the free gift, you ain't getting saved, Bubba. You ain't got salvation. When I met my beautiful wife, uh, six months later, we went out on our first date. And I told her, I'm praying for a wife. Let's get married. You want to get married? She's like, I've been fasting for a husband. She's like, yes, sir. That's how she talked back then. No, just kidding. No, just kidding. We were on Newbury Street in Boston, Massachusetts at the Strawberry Restaurant, I think is the name of it. Very nice. It's like Fifth Avenue, Manhattan. Where, you know, Massachusetts, Boston. And, um, and when we said, when I said yes to her, I said no to everybody else. Forever. Forever. Till death do us part. Right? Ladies. If somebody comes, ask you to marry them, I'm potentially thinking about maybe, you know, you want to get married? No. Grow some courage and then, you know, figure out what you want to do and then decide. Because if you're not decided, no. Take a hike. <laughs> Amen? Same thing with the Lord. You, when you receive Jesus, you make the decision. Well, I don't know if I'm, no, he's going to help you. Don't worry about those things that, are, that hinder you. You, re, you give them to the Lord. You follow after God. You get with people that, are, you know, that have uh, overcome what you're trying to overcome, and they'll help you, right? Like, I love our staff. I love my pastor. You know, I can call him any time and say, hey, pastor, help me out with this. Psh, what's the matter with you? No, just kidding. But if necessary, absolutely. Hey, get your act together, boy. Amen? If necessary. But we walk together. It's a decision that we made. Man, I'm, I'm a lifer in this church. I'm, you know, I was dead. I was planning on like, then jumping off a cliff and I got rescued. It's a decision that we make. It's a decision for you. Yeah, you know, salvation is not a work of man. It's a work of God. But receiving salvation is your decision. 
It is not my decision. I can't make you serve God. That is evil, right? But you must decide for, if you're online, you must decide for yourself whether today you're going to serve God or you're going to reject him. There's none who is too far gone for Jesus that he can't redeem you from sin. There's no, none, nobody who's like, oh, I've, I've committed the unpardonable sin. No, you haven't. You just, the devil is lying to you, right? When you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, as you continually reject the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that's when you're, you know, or you're making fun of, you know, of the move of God. You're making fun of the power of God. You're making, don't do that. If you don't agree with tongues, don't make fun of people praying in tongues because you don't know what you're doing. You're entering into the territory where darkness can enter into your life and you become deceived. Don't do that. That is blaspheme against the Lord. You find yourself in destruction. There's nothing we haven't done. If you will repent and turn to God, God, will you forgive me? He's like, absolutely. I love you. You are so valuable. One soul is worth more than the entire world. You and you and you and you and you and every single one of us, one of us is worth more than the whole world. That's why Jesus would come to save us. Romans 3, 24, the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe since there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Oh, you know what I've done. It doesn't matter what you've done. We all did it. We all did something, and Jesus forgave us all. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God. Will you receive the gift of God today? Let's all stand. We're closing. Romans 5, 7, and 8, for rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us that while we were still sinners Christ died for us it's not like he's like oh wait oh wow they're behaving right right now so you know I'm going to go and you know enter into the world no he's like yeah they're all wicked and wretched I love them I'm going to go he came Jesus is calling today will you receive have you received this gift have you received the gift of life? Have you received the light of the world? Have you already? If not, this is your chance. Romans 10, 9, how do I receive the light? You must believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness. And one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame, since there is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek, because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't matter if, you're, you, know, if you know everything about God, or you think you do, or you don't know. You're clueless. You're like, I just... If you will call upon the name of Jesus, say Jesus with me. You will receive that light. He will come. He says, behold, I knock at the door. If you will open up, I will come and sup with you. Jesus wants to enter every area of our lives. He wants to enter every, every messed up place in our lives and just shine his light on that thing kick out devils, kick out all kinds of things and set you free. So tonight, you're celebrating Christmas, you're doing the cultural thing. Will you receive the light? If you have not, if you're online, you need to be born again. You need to receive the gift for all those who did receive them, gave he the power of, to be called children of God. If you don't receive Jesus, you ain't a child of God. You're a human being, you're just a human being. But if you call on the name of the Lord, he will save you. It doesn't matter where you were. So every eye closed, every head bowed. Right now, if you want to receive Jesus, I'm not saying become part of this church, although you'd be crazy not to become part of this church. It's a great church. Or anything like that. It's to receive the Savior of the world 
into your life. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Whether for the very first time you've never received Christ before, you've never made a decision, you've come to church, coming to church ain't going to make you saved. You must receive him for yourself. Well, but my mom prays all the time. Yeah, so does mine. And it helped me for sure. But if you don't receive him, you don't have him. So come on. If you want to receive him for the very first time, I see that hand. God bless you. He's going to restore things in your life. Hallelujah. You can believe that for sure. If you've said, you know, I serve Jesus, but I'm not serving anymore. I've committed the abominable sin. The fact that you're here, you haven't. Come on. Will you call upon the name of the Lord? Maybe online. Say, I need to rededicate my life to the Lord because I'm living in darkness. Let his light shine and cleanse you. Or if you're not sure, if today, if you died, if you go to heaven or hell, there's a hell to shun, there's a heaven to gain. And it's by calling on the name of Jesus that we are set free, that we are saved from all these things. If that's you, I want to see your hand. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Come on, let's all pray together this Christmas and receive Jesus. See, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me brand new. Be the Lord of my life. My entire life. Give me a hunger for your word. Give me a passion for telling others about you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being my savior. Let me pray for you. I seal that now in Jesus' name. And I declare the blessing of God. That the light of God will enter into those dark places right now. And I cast out every vain imagination that has been plaguing your mind. And I declare, hold us in Jesus' name. You will do things that you never thought possible when you call on the name of the Lord. And 2020 will be the greatest year of victory in your life. 2019 was great. 2020 will be better. And I bless you in Jesus' name. And I seal that work now in Jesus' mighty name. Be blessed in the name of the Lord. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.